I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Hello and welcome to a special uh, podcast, uh, seeing as we missed one in the middle of the summer with uh, holidays and stuff, we figure we would mark the return of David Lynch now, not to cinema but to TV, but we'll have a quick overbrief of his uh, Cin- life, cinema and you know. Yeah, his cinema output. His directing as such. Yeah, and effectively he's treating Twin Peaks as supposedly his last yeah he did come out and say that work. he's not going to do any more film and the last film we were treated with which is the first Dave Lynch film I was on cinema was Inland Empire we went to that together didn't we yes yourself myself producer Colin friend, Daniel. friend Daniel we went on a Saturday night in the IFI yeah back in it's in 06 isn't it yeah so late 2006 so when did was... you become first aware of Dave Lynch I think through college um, yeah. we would we have watched films together? We watched Lost Highway at some point I in think, the first yeah. or second year, or so I think I'd heard Kermode talk about. Uh, there's a famous story where Kermode got punched in the face because he didn't like Blue Velvet and he gave it a bad review, and then he went back and reviewed it. And I think I was kind of aware of that story. And my brothers were big into Twin Peaks the first time it was on TV back in 1990. Obviously, I hadn't a clue. Or Isn't that... I, I've been meaning to look back, like, through old RTE guides. Like, was it on RTE television? We see, we were and close to BBC. the border, so we got it. So I'd say, in my head, Channel 4 would have shown it. Or BBC 2. It feels like that. I'd be very interested to see. I must try to research that. Delve into the archives and see if you can find it. Um, so, while I was looking up some stuff about this, there's a hilarious thing on YouTube being like, the top ten films of David Lynch. How many films do you think David Lynch has directed? Feature films directed yeah. by David Lynch, probably only ten. Ten, like, yeah. So you're just like, this is stupid. What a pointless list. Top ten, the ten films yeah. in order might be an easier way to put it. Uh, so Eraserhead came out in '77. It's kind of seen as this, like, one of his best films. It's very weird. It gave this pixie song. There Do you want to maybe heaven. set the scene for what we've got in the background? Oh yeah. In case so people we, think this, we've been hacked. No, yeah, yeah. So we're currently playing a record off of Crosley. Um, and it's David Lynch, the Big Dream remix EP. It was kind of a nonsense thing that came out for Record Store Day, you know, where they repackage it and everything. So we just kind of have that in the background to kind of set the scene. Yeah. So this is effectively what he's done in the last decade. This stuff about transcendental meditation. Big fan and of And, of that. course, the last sort of two years on the Twin Peaks stuff. So Twin Peaks. Anyway, back to a Razorhead. Sorry to... No, no, yeah. So that came out. That was his first kind of foray into it um, at the age of 29 slash 30. And it's very out there. I saw this in college, got it out of the DCU library and watched it. Didn't really have a clue what was going on. But it's the thing that I love about David Lynch is you can keep going back to his films, rewatch stuff, take stuff from it. There's a lot of interpretation about it. And it's not just simply like, this is what this is. This is what this is. Um, I I actually, a good mutual friend of ours, Colm and I were talking today about your enjoyment of films that don't make sense yeah how, it, how it you is get kind more of a my... kick out of stuff if it doesn't make sense then if it does accurate, yeah, accurate or oh definitely accurate yeah if i kind of see it was just like oh brilliant i don't really know what this is about i'm like fantastic because it's become so boring not to be like a snob or anything but like when you see as many films as we do you can predict how things are going to end you can see from like halfway through right this is what this is going to be so it comes more so about like the character and the dialogue and then that is so feeling so much in cinema these days so it's nice to have like imagery and story and like feeling like a big thing you keep coming back to with david lynch is his ability to create absolute terror Mm. yeah 
like unlike anything else so um do you want to do a clip for a razorhead yeah we're going to finish on a clip for a razorhead it'll be that song in heaven from the pixies and i suppose that is one of the early things as well because i kind of got into the pixies kind of the end of secondary uh first year college and then i was like oh what's this in and kind of heard the background behind the song and that and that is the kind of thing that with him he or with back then like you did we we didn't really have the same mentoring that you get now like if you googled it you'll just find like like you said the 10 best david lynch films but back then because i had that a lot with like the reason i knew about the pixies was through reading about nirvana and nirvana fan forums and everyone going oh this is kirk cobain's favorite band you should check Chat it out rooms. and then yeah well exactly and message boards and so you then learned about the pixies and then once you got deep into them you learned about um late uh, lady in the radiator song and in heaven and all this so yeah so jack nance was the main character in a razorhead and he kind of occurs in a lot of david lynch films and he's also in twin peaks unfortunately he was one of the characters who died in real life and quite a while ago though right yeah he died in 96 yeah he was one of kind of the first i think the tv show to go um the next one then was uh the elephant man which i only saw like about a year or two ago which is great because the lighthouse did their big retrospective yeah that was his most successful film it got eight oscar nominations and david lynch kind of goes down more so at the palm door People like him a bit more there. He either gets booed or like celebrated. More of a can crowd. I hate this nonsense when they were like, oh, it was booed at cans. Like everything gets fucking booed at cans or like it's no indication of anything. It's always like, oh, it was booed. Yeah. And um, so this, I don't remember this playing in the. Yeah, it was part of the, And it was kind of the one where it's seen as his because the Razorhead is very much out there and kind of weird. This story is, you know, it's kind of it kind of brings up this the theme of david lynch of the disfigurement and the dysmorphia and kind of odd creatures but it's a very kind of linear basic story there is some abstraction in it but nothing to the extent that he'd later get on to in other films um june a film i have not seen tried to watch it with damien old housemate at one point and couldn't get through it had to stop so that's kind of one that i'm kind of curious it was a big sci-fi film is there a five minute version on youtube no, there's a five-minute version of a razorhead. It's like a razorhead in five minutes. That's really weird that you said that. that no, but this is the new thing. Oh, okay. There's an app now that keeps targeting me. I don't know why. Called Blinkist, and it's to read a book. Do you think you could read a classic in your lunch break? I don't want to read. You know, kind of defeats the whole point. You of know, reading Catch Twenty Two over a burrito or something at lunch. Like the whole point. So I think that is interesting. Like a lot of people talk about this that you speed read and can speed watch films so as you can know about it, which is disgusting to me because how could you? Okay, we're talking about this with Dune, which maybe is a film you've tried to watch through and it just didn't click. Um, but why? Why would you want to watch? You know, season yeah. one of Twin Peaks in ten minutes. I suppose yeah. If you're kind of jumping on the bandwagon and want to catch something that you don't know and you're like yeah. oh a quick but you can fill in story but i think other than that you can't appreciate anything about tone and mood and like he put so much thought into color into sound by anything like so uh, the most notable thing i suppose with june is that it's kyle mclaughlin's first ever film and it's his first film with david lynch and who becomes a seminal figure with the, the pair like people you know like scorsese have de niro and certain things so i think the main male actor for David Lynch is Kyle MacLachlan. He's much more of a female director, I think. Um, but he was in this. Then he also starred in 
Blue Velvet, the following film that they did in 1986, and then was in Twin Peaks. And, and is in the revival as well. I saw a lovely thing in them hugging last week. That kind of thing gets me. Oh, yeah, it's oh, kind of nice. That's nice. At the He's great hair, David Lynch. I'm very jealous of his hair. He's kind of got that Samuel Beckett white, yeah. crazy, yeah. short at the top, and then big and bushy. Is it real, though? Oh, it does. Imagine. I know it. Of course it could be. It's like he's been electrocuted. Yeah. Um, so we'll take... So we're up uh, to 1984. So this film came out five days... June came out five days before I was born. Wow. FYI. Is that your middle name? No. Oh. I'm not sure it would have been in the cinema in Drogheda, would it have? Did it get... It sort of didn't... It sort of ruined them, isn't that? The, yeah, that was going to be his big kind of... Everybody thought it was, but it was a monumental flop. And at this stage, the blockbusters were getting a bit dumber and a bit more... Yeah. Like kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone kind of... Spielbergy. Yeah. So then in '86 we kind of have Blue Velvet, which is seen a lot of people would maybe put it as the best film, or certainly up there. And it starts to kind of creep in back to this surrealism with um, an amazing performance from uh, Dennis Hopper as being an absolute crazy man. So uh, I have a small clip here that kind of sets the mood and it kind of gives you this tonality that um, Lynch is amazing at creating. Oh, police call, police call. Fuck. This is it. Raymond? Thank you, Raymond. Oh. Frank's here. friend of mine. Hey Raymond, you get enough beer for Ben too. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Paps Blue Ribbon! So there you have a little bit from Blue Velvet, which I was trying to think, I think I saw it on TV like as a young, as a wee boy, and then rewatched it just last, uh, two years ago, it was in an IFI evening course, which I've had to uh, look up what it was called, it was called Reading Pictures, where it, um, it was just a very broad introductory uh, look at the study of film, and uh, it ran. It ran there, and I'd never seen it. And I watched it up in, in screen three of the IFI, which is sort of split between my favorite cinema screen and my least favorite. And I do think it's the kind of one where you'd want to see a film of his because it's so small, and yet um, it's very, sort of very effective. And I don't know, I was in the front row and everything. So anyway, so the film is a kind of it's probably set up a little bit people would draw like academic kind of comparisons between it and Twin Peaks around some of the things with um, the mystery and people who've been missing and the creepy sort of slightly sexual overtones of the whole thing um, and it's this kind of formation of normal middle America with this incredibly terrifying horrific underbelly yeah and so as mentioned Kyle McLaughlin's in there you've a fantastic uh, Isabella Rossellini and then I'm going to say introducing his first work with Laura Dern. I don't know that for a fact, but I think, and um, we then of course got her in the other film he uh, directed, uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah, so she was in Jurassic Park. David Lynch did Jurassic Park. That's actually a little unknown fact that he was actually uh, the director in that. (laughs) Jurassic Park. Spielberg is one of his pen names. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, it just, to me, Blue Velvet is probably the, my favourite one of his. It's also probably one of his most accessible. Accessible. Accessible, yeah. You could watch it and not feel like you're kind of getting punched in the in the brain in the way you often would with other stuff. But 
True yeah. enough. So then Wild at Heart, which I don't know too much about. I haven't seen that myself. Uh, it came in 1990. stars Nicolas Cage, uh, Laura Dern. And um, yeah, I can't say too much about that. It's one to watch for me. Yeah, so then it in, is actually. It's been on that imaginary watch list I have as well. So maybe this mm, will be the, the reason. The perfect time. Yeah, and we have this. There's a documentary, a David Lynch documentary coming out in um, mid-July. And it played in um, in the Dublin Film Festival. Both of us missed it. Because uh, we're, we're just slackers. And it's called David Lynch, The Art of Life. So I think it's kind of a biopic. And I think in the lead up to that, it's a time to catch up on some of these. You got me uh, either a Christmas present or a birthday present of a David Lynch documentary. And I can't remember the name of it. But he's in it himself. It's kind of like it shows you behind the scenes of when he was making Inland Empire. His last film in 2006. And it's hilarious because he's getting interviewed at interviewed and loads of times so he's talking to the camera and the camera's kind of down to the left and he's sitting behind a desk and then the last scene David Lynch is looking at the camera and he's like is that okay and then it cuts to the camera crew and it's David Lynch again with the boom mic and some other people and I was just like it's brilliant that's why I love David Lynch it was so David Lynch <laughs> I have no I have no memory of, of yeah. that documentary I'll loan it so. to you after this it's, it's on a physical it's a physical, VHS no no DVD like VHS um, yeah, so then in 1990, I suppose, kind of when mainstream, massive mainstream became where David Lynch was with the creation of Twin Peaks with uh, Mark Frost. So, Which has been, like, whatever you think about the series um, as it stands then, or the current series, which we'll talk about, um, revisiting the the world of TV in 1990 sounds brilliant. Like, every article I've read is like, most people were just watching Roseanne. And then this comes along. Yeah, I could imagine um, like you're flicking through your TV. And Cheers screen. and Roseanne, yeah. and then you've got Twin Peaks. So mm. I'm unable to work out if it was on OT television. So if anyone knows, tweet away. Text in. We don't um, have a text number. We had to shut down that service. So there were six episodes of the first season, and then 22, 22. of the second. So kind of did that thing, which is like, oh yeah, this has actually become popular. Here's 22 episodes, and they were like, like once you know who killed um, Laura Palmer. Sorry, it's about the death of Laura Palmer. It starts with that. And trying to uncover who killed her. And about, I think, episode 7 or 8 in season 2, you realise who it is. 7, yeah. Yeah, then it becomes like a weird, here's a weird person episode of... More, pre- almost like these procedural kind of things, one ep standing mm. alone kind of thing. Then the last episode is and maybe another hour, an hour and a half, and David Lynch came back from that. So he only directed uh, 6 episodes entirely of Twin Peaks around the 90s. He directed the pilot, one episode from the first season, and then four episodes in the second season. He came back for the last one, and that is terrifying and very creepy. And that was the scene where we had uh, Laura Palmer being like, I'll see you again in 25 years, hence. And you kind of wonder, did he always think that, or did someone, because I haven't heard him. Actually, we have a clip, we'll kind of play it now to break up a bit, and we have a clip of David Lynch talking about... Or I'm not talking about uh, his return to Twin Peaks and the whole notion of ideas. I think feature films are in trouble and the art houses are dead. Uh, so um, cable television being, uh, you know, a place for a continuing story with, told with freedom is a beautiful thing. But who's the hardest to be without in approaching the new season? Nobody, you know, a thing sort of wants to be the way it wants to be. And so uh, if um, something doesn't happen the way you thought it should happen, 
you get new ideas. So knowing that, as you were saying, that the art house is dying and television is the way. Not dying, dead. Dead. Mm. <laughs> um, do you view a lot of the, the work that's out there as well, or are you really just closed off to No, I don't see way? anything. So Dave does not go to the cinema? No, and he doesn't watch any TV shows or anything, which kind of most of the big ones are the same. Like, I doubt Werner Herzog watches anything. We were at a talk in the Dublin Literary Festival uh, last week, and yeah. it was Werner Herzog, um, and he mentioned someone asked him. It was very funny, actually, because that was the night the new TV series was coming back, and somebody asked uh, Werner if... Um, he had seen the episodes yet, and then Herzog was like, yeah, I think he's working on it, but I hope not, and, you know. Yeah, because I think they're buddies, aren't they? And then there's a film with Michael Shannon from years ago, My Son, My Son, What Have Ye Done? So Werner Herzog directed, and I think David Lynch co-produced, or, like, presents. I yeah. Think. So I, th- I think they're probably buddies. Um, so that's yeah, a but... very, that's a, not a good film. It's, okay, it's a great poster, though. Very creepy bug eyes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so David Lynch you kind of mentioned it earlier like the reason he has not as prominent nowadays is because he's really become in, involved in transcendental meditation he kind of was one of the people who met um, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi in 1973 and he's kept doing it and kept it up and he set up the David Lynch Foundation for Consciousness-Based Education and World Peace. So that's kind of his main focus at the moment. You know, his last film was Inland Empire in 2006 and was pretty um, nominal because it was his first foray into total digital film. And kind of, I looked at some of the clips on YouTube there and you're like, oh yeah, it does look a bit cheap and doesn't have the same... He loves his freedom of it though. And uh, yeah, have you noticed that with the new TV series of Twin Peaks? Have you, uh, what do you mean in terms of the digital? Yeah, and how it looks great. Like, but I don't, I think I like the the general look and feel of this one. Mm. Like that the cameras have kind of evolved and it looks more like what, you know, David Fincher might make if he was told this is what yeah. he would have to do. So anyway, I'll listen to a bit of music right there. We'll have that Fair. in the background. Um, what are you making the new TV show? Are we just skipping the straight story? No, no, I'll go back into them. Oh, we'll come back. Okay, we're yeah. still on the TV. Um, Yes, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I'm not as big, or I wasn't as big a fan of, I've had to catch up on the TV show immensely. And it was just something that you and a lot of your buddies um, have been obsessed by for a good while. So um, for years, I just sort of said, <laughs> the log lady. And I would just sort of allude to certain um, things. And that sort of worked yeah. for a long time. But um, I knew I always wanted to do it where I got so engrossed and obsessed with the show just before it um before it returned so i've really really enjoyed like the four episodes because we've had two that aired on showtime and then subscribers to the showtime streaming app were also then allowed they were given access to three and four yeah we well you were in america so you were able to set up the credit card yeah so we've been able to watch the four but now ep3 is on showtime this week ep4 next week um, and Sky Atlantic have all these as well. So they're available I think the on a Monday morning, I think, on Sky mm. Atlantic. And then they air the bigger deal on the Monday night. The first two episodes were more akin because, like, after he finished Twin Peaks, the TV series in the 90s, um, he came out with Firewalk With Me, which was kind of the prequel. And it's a terrifying film. It's really scary. Very out there. Way more violent than the TV show. But that's kind of... Since that, he has had Lost Highway, the straight story, which is the anomaly in it i think he that was kind of almost his two fingers to the film world to like look i can do a normal film that's quite dramatic and whatever but yeah the lo- that's not my style the, 
Yeah, they've got the guy out in the lawnmower going to meet his brother. And then he had Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire. So you've got Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire, which are incredibly weird films. They're quite out there. Very scary, split personalities in them. So then when he comes back to Twin Peaks TV series, you shouldn't really be that surprised that it's a bit out there and way more so than the original. Because the first episode was very full on with that box and the creature coming out of the box. Yeah. That was but quite phenomenally, terrifying. Yeah, it does feel like he's treating each episode and this is a bit like what Aziz Ansari has done. Are you watching Master of None? Yeah. Where each episode is he says he treats it like a mini movie and he gives it its own credits, its own title mm. and its own branding, like its own graphics and stuff. So I feel so far that the series hasn't I know he says it's a eighteen episode movie or whatever. I do feel like each of them have a very different directorial feel to them. Like, certainly between one and two, like, we, we had on-screen cards saying we're in Las Vegas, and then have we been back to Vegas in, yeah, we're for in a minute? Kind of, yeah, we're in Vegas. And with the principal in prison. The... We haven't spent any time with them in three and four. Yeah. Right? And then you had that black character. When he's in prison, you had that, it panned across to a cell, and there was this guy all in black who just kind of went into a puff of smoke and disappeared. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. I think episode three and four are coming more so in tune to the original TV show. Yeah. Because you're going back to and Twin Peaks and the Lodge and stuff. And we now, exactly, and we're now starting to understand the big scheme of what they're doing here of, hmm. um, I suppose at this stage most people have probably seen it, but of of uh, effectively good Cooper versus bad Bob Cooper yeah. in this battle. Um, and they're really funny. And But like I say, it's not the humour that has really stuck with me, it's that I have not, and I find it very hard watching stuff at home to not... Particularly even if it's a feature, like I have to leave my phone in a different room very often because we're all got ADD and, um, or ADHD. Or the episodes do with, really with suck these, in, like, yeah. I'm just absorbed and you, you, there's, it's because he does the sound design and he, so that even just sucks you in and the mood across the whole thing. I can't describe, it's unlike anything, I, the closest I've had to it is probably in watching, um, certain sequences in Better Call Saul where they're so sensory and the sound design is so well put together but then it's it's not quite on that level and Fargo and some of these like there's a nod but then I think Fargo the TV series is heavily influenced by the Twin Peaks the TV series with the yeah it becomes all very self-referential and so if you could if you I doubt he he says he doesn't watch any television I think he might have watched season two of Fargo but I don't know maybe not yeah true enough but all in all I, I'm really excited so we have another 14 episodes of which is amazing and like um, Richard Brody in New Yorker had a great thing and it was saying like the best thing about Twin Peaks is the return of David Lynch to directing yeah and even if it's not a film it's like amazing each week we're going to get something new from David Lynch that you haven't seen before and we've been so starved since 2006 like 11 years he's done loads of shorts in between at different times but I don't know how accessible they are he has a paid website that yeah. you can get content and stuff and a range of coffee and everything and um, so there you go a good fun is fact it, is it good coffee or? I don't know I'm not really a coffee drinker so mm. you can send your answers in the post that was actually a setup for you to say it's damn good coffee but oh ruined. that's okay sorry bro. sorry you're obviously not a real fan no uh, so there's a good bit of trivia where George Lucas offered David Lynch Star Wars Episode 7 Return of the Jedi after seeing a razor head but David Lynch was like nah that's not really my thing so imagine how good that would have been Episode 6 yeah 6 sorry, sorry I got very confused yeah, there yeah, where yeah. he got offered the one that J.J. Abrams that would have been most interesting is that actually true though like as a I think so like I don't because it didn't happen so I don't know why anyone would kind of lie about it what would he have um, done with an Ewok the Ewok's eyes would have been very different. 
True, yeah. I don't know if they'd been as small. They probably would have been human and only partially furry. They wouldn't yeah. have been fully. They would have been like maybe patches of fur. Like they would have been half, horribly burned in something. Yeah. Half fur. Mm. And Chewbacca probably would have been in a fire. Yeah. So anyway, we kind of look forward to the rest of the Twin Peaks series. But um, he wrote a book in 2006, I think, kind of talking about it, semi-autobiographical, and talking about his whole foray into transcendental meditation. But there's a great quotation that I kind of think sums him up perfectly. And uh, I'll just finish on this, and then we'll close with a clip from In Heaven. So he says his whole notion that ideas are like fish, that if you want to catch little fish, you stay in shallow water, but if you want to catch a big fish, you've got to go deeper. And down deep, the fish are more powerful and more pure. They're huge and abstract, and they're very beautiful. So I think that kind of sums up his whole logic, and... We're going to finish now with a clip from In Heaven. And oh, I want to give a quick shout out to Studio 360, our friend and previous uh, contributor, Zoe Saunders, is a producer on Studio 360. And they did a great podcast about Twin Peaks and kind of different themes and how important it is to TV. So you can download that uh, on their website. I got it through Podcast Addict. So check that out. And here is In Heaven. Okay, thanks. We'll see you again in next month. beautiful friendship. Take one.